0: Working Mama Bears. It's me, the creator of OneWorkingMamaBear.com. I'm so excited that you decided to come over and join us in this hour of expressing what we go through as moms and as working moms and some of us wives as well. We will be having a podcast launch every first of the month at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So get ready, relax, get a little drink or a little popcorn, listen on. Hey, 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 mama bears. I'm so excited. Today is our first official podcast and I'm so excited for us. God, we've come so far in such a little time. I'm so happy to be able to sit down. It's late and I had to fight to put my kids to sleep. But isn't that life? Isn't that motherhood? (laughs) Um, The conversation that I really wanted to have today with us is something that I was talking with some of my female family friends, um, my family members today, and that is postpartum depression. Postpartum depression is such a huge thing, and we all pretty much... Don't pay attention to it. Or I don't want to say not pay attention to it, but more as it's kind of cliche, especially in the black community that's going along with depression and every other mental issue that's in the black community. It's not looked upon or it's not taught about. Being a first time mom and becoming a mom is as much as you can read these books and take the classes. For one, mother's intuition comes as soon as that baby comes out. It's just like you know what to do. It's not that you really learned what to do. It's just like you know what to do. When I was pregnant with my son, I made it my mission not to read baby books and baby blogs because I just knew they wouldn't help me. And come to find out, they really didn't as much because my son came out being his little special self that I love so dearly. But I can remember going to the doctor's office and they ask certain questions. And then, you know, you talk to family friends and they tell you about motherhood. But one thing you never hear people talk about is postpartum depression. This is something that is so real. And we all miss it. We all forget to pass that message along to the next mom. Hey, look out for this. I can remember being pregnant and being happy and sad at the same time. And I'm just like, oh, they're baby blues. they are go away. It's nothing like that. I remember having my son and just feeling so overwhelmed with so much stuff. It's just like, think about it. You are by yourself for so long, taking care of yourself. You can eat when you want to. You can sleep when you want to. You can do whatever you want to. And then all of a sudden, here comes a baby. And this baby is dependent on you from the day that it is born. Not even... Let's take a little step back. This baby is dependent on you from the time it is formed and it's your womb. This baby needs you. And you have to change so much about yourself to accommodate this baby. And... A lot of times we're not prepared for it. A lot of people just play, like, oh, when I have a kid, I want to be financially stable. And one thing I can tell you for sure, it doesn't matter how much money you have, you would never be ready for a baby. You would never. Because it's more being mentally prepared than anything. When I got pregnant with my son, me and my husband decided, oh, you'll stay home for the first year. That's the best thing to do. And I was excited because I've worked for so long. I'm like, oh my God, I get to actually stay home and take care of baby. Oh, that is piece of cake. But guess what? I'm here to tell you, that is not a piece of cake. That's like a brick that somebody's asking you to eat. Being a stay-at-home mom is not for the faint of heart. Just speaking with my best friend, her husband asked her to stay home. And she about, she lost it, and she decided to go back to work because being a stay-at-home mom is not easy. It's definitely not easy. And being home alone with the baby all day is not easy. I was going crazy very slow. I really didn't have many people to talk to because it's in the daytime, everyone's at work. I only had one person to talk to really and that was my sister-in-law and because I can only talk to her because we were going through the same thing. She was a stay-at-home mom. She just had a baby as well. She wasn't working. So she was my only means of, hey, I need somebody to speak with 12 o'clock in the afternoon. (laughs) And I'm so grateful for her. Now, don't get me wrong. I had a lot of support. I had my mom, my husband, my mother-in-law, my sister at the time. But at the end of the day, this is my child. It's my responsibility. And at nighttime, since I was breastfeeding, I'm the only one up with the baby. So I can remember randomly, I started to think, what if I have postpartum depression? What if I have that? No, no, no. I don't have that. Because who wants to say that they have postpartum depression? No one. So, there's a movie called When the Bow Breaks. And at this time, in 2017, it was on Netflix. Why they decided to take it off Netflix? I have no clue. But it was on Netflix. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to make my husband watch this with me. Because what if, just in case, I do have it. He'll know the signs. He'll know what he's looking for. And I made him watch it, and I would never forget. He's like, do you need to tell me something? He's like, do you? Are you? Are, is this the way of telling you you have postpartum depression? And I'm like, no, I don't have postpartum depression. No, I, I don't have that. Then I'm the, in case I do have it, here, these are the signs. Let me know if you see them. <laughs> and, of course, when do men pay attention? Never, So I didn't really find out until later on when I really thought about it. Hey, I do have postpartum depression. I am suffering with something. I can remember it. when my husband gets home, I would leave and go to Walmart and I would walk down every aisle in Walmart and just lollygag and I sit in the car and I just wanted to be alone. I didn't listen to music or nothing. I just wanted to just be away from my child. Don't get me wrong. I love my child with every breath that is in me. But my son had colic for the first couple months of his life. And it took a very hard toll on me because he only wanted me. He didn't want his mom. He didn't want his grandmother. He didn't want his dad. He didn't want his auntie. He wanted mommy. To this day, he still wants mommy. But it was extremely, extremely hard. And that really took a toll on me. Sometimes he would just cry and cry and cry and cry. And I would just look at him and I was like, what do you want? Like, just tell me what you want. I would give you anything. I would give you the sun if I can, if that would make you stop crying. But <laughs> it didn't, he didn't want that stuff. It was very, very hard to deal with. And people would ask me how did I get through that point? And I think once he started to get out of the colically stage, which I would say started stuff about four months is when it hit its it was at its peak and it was coming down. That's when things started to get better for me. And once his grandmother started keeping him overnight for the weekend and giving me a real, you know, a real break, I started to find myself again because, to be honest, I was losing it. I can honestly remember being 100% transparent with you guys, my son crying, and me thinking about throwing him against the TV. Just... Saying that out loud hurts my soul that I would ever want to harm my child. And I would never, I would, I would go to the ends of earth and about my, my, my children. But to know that I actually thought that I remember crying to my husband about that because I was like, I'm his mom. I'm supposed to protect him, not hurt him. I knew something was wrong with me. I didn't seek counseling, but I seek the Lord. So I healed. I got better. Things were looking up. But because of that experience and because of my son had a colic, I honestly did not want any more children. My mother-in-law will always say, It'll get better, you'll want more kids, just give it time. But in my little head of mine, I was like, nope. I'm done. He'll, he's a, he's a one-hit wonder. I don't want any more kids. Who will want more kids after that? Not this girl. Not I. Not this mama bear. <coughs> but my, both my sister-in-laws got pregnant. And... The kids, their children are just beautiful. I love my my niece and nephews so much. And, you know, me and my husband started talking. And we always said, you know, we wanted our kids to be two years apart. And it was coming up on DJ Turn 2. And, you know, I was like, you know what, God, I think this time is going to be different. I just know this time is going to be different. So I'm going to do it. And from the beginning of my pregnancy... I actually felt good. My pregnancy were totally opposite of DJs. It was totally opposite. So I was like, oh, these are good signs. These are good signs. You know, I was doing, I was aiming for a V-back. So I was doing all the good things I can. I was eating right. I was trying to exercise. I hired a doula. I was doing everything accordingly. But... um, girls being the girls they are and my daughter being her, the diva self she is I could not go into labor which caused me to have another c-section which is not what I wanted guess who decided to rear its ugly head postpartum depression and it hit me before I even left the hospital thinking about it now Before, I had to extend it stay due to other medical reasons. I stayed a week longer, and that was the iceberg. That was the tip of the iceberg that kicked off my postpartum depression. And coming home, it was overwhelming being a mom of two. My son is very much so a mama's boy, and having him being clingy, and then I have this new baby being clingy. It took its toll on me. And, you know, my husband could see it. My sister-in-law could see it. And I do thank God for my sister-in-law because she knew I was suffering from it. And she was doing what she could to pull me up out of that. But when I think about postpartum depression, it's not necessarily so that someone can pull you out of it. You have to recognize it for yourself first, before anything, before you can even get help. You have to admit that you have it. And of course, no one wants to admit that. And you might, oh no, I'm not even going to put that in the atmosphere. But if it's already there, it's in the atmosphere. And speaking with her one day about, you know, me not being able to connect with my daughter It stemmed down from me not being able to have the birth that I so much planned for nine months. I was robbed of my birth plan. And I don't want to even say I was robbed. Due to medical reasons, we had to opt for a C-section. And that's another thing that kick-started. That was like the fuel. Me having to stay in the hospital was the fire. (laughs) And when I think about it now, I think that's what happened with DJ as well. Me being not able to have the birth that I wanted kickstarted started it all. And I didn't like being home. I actually wanted to go back to work this time. I was like, I can't do it. I want to go back to work. So me going back to work helped with my postpartum depression. Do I still have it? I don't want to say I hundred percent still have it. I feel like that it's still there. I'm not a hundred percent cured for some reason, but I pray about it a lot, and I tell myself, "You're good. You're well. You're healthy. You're you're awesome." And it's tries to wear his head around times when my son gets into these fits and starts crying. And I'm like, maybe he doesn't like me. Maybe I'm not a good mom. But that's just in my head. That's just my head playing tricks on me. And it's just like, no, no. You are a great mom. You are an awesome mom. You're an awesome wife. You're an awesome coworker. You're awesome. Going to work and coming home and dealing with the kids in the beginning was hard. And postpartum tried to come back around. But I just worked so hard to not be a victim of postpartum depression. People are dying. Women are dying. Mothers are dying from postpartum depression. They're taking their lives. They're killing their children. And I refused to be one of those women. I refused. I would fall on my knees and pray to God help me help myself I didn't want to talk to it about it with my doctor because I didn't want to be put on medication I didn't want to be dependent on pills to make me feel good and make me feel happy I should feel good I should feel happy everything is working out I should be happy but it was a little easier to deal with this time around only because I knew what it was look what it was going to happen. I knew it was going to happen. Did I want it to happen? No. But it's just like, it was going to happen. But I had to be prepared for it. I had to try to... So, days where I just wanted to be alone, I just wanted to be in my room, I just wanted to sit in the dark and watch TV and just feed the baby... I knew I needed to get up, get out, breathe the air, get out the house. Look at the sun. The birds are flying. I knew I needed to get out in order to get out of being or having postpartum depression. Trying to to come to the root of it all and trying to be like, hey, what started this? It's honestly, it's hard to say for everyone. Everybody's not like me. Everybody's not going to be like, "Oh, I know how it started. This is what's the pinpoint of it. It's not like that. It's honestly not like that for everyone. Sometimes it just comes out of nowhere. You'll be perfectly fine. and postpartum to me, honestly, <coughs> excuse me, does not have to start right after you have your baby. It could be a couple months down the road. I do honestly feel that also men could get postpartum depression. No one said it just had to be women. I honestly believe men could get it too. I don't think my husband suffered from it, but I know there's probably some men out there who definitely felt that they are suffering from postpartum depression but even though you are suffering from it or had it the the point of it all is to get better how long does it take to get better you're asking the wrong person and to be honest it is to each us own it could take one person a month it can take one person two weeks it can take one person a year watching the movie When a bow Breaks. One of the women, her child was, I believe, five or six and she was still suffering from it. And it's just like we can't tell someone how long they can suffer from it. Oh, I'm gonna give you five days to, you know, cry it out and then it's time for you to get your life together. (laughs) That is not how it Works at all. At all. I believe that you can just take as much time as you need because to me, postpartum is a world of emotions from change all of a sudden. Because if you think about it, when you give birth and you have your baby, it is all of a sudden, even if you have it planned out, you know, when you're having your baby. You go in as being a single entity, and then when you come out, you're no longer a single entity. It's you and your baby. It's just like all of a sudden, I was a mother. I mean, like, I know people say all of a sudden the house blew up because it came out of nowhere. But the thing is, when you go into labor, when people go into labor, it is all of a sudden, all of a sudden, her water broke. All of a sudden, the contraction started. All of a sudden, the baby head popped out, and so it's it's something that happens so quick, and it's like you're just shook, you're shaking your, you just shake your body, in here, <laughs> and it just happens. So it's just like in a blink of an eye, the baby was here, in the blink of an eye, I'm a mom because that's how long, you know, it's that's how quick things can change, so quick, and sometimes we adjust quickly. And sometimes we don't. It's a chemical imbalance. Your body is having all these emotions at one time. It's like, I'm happy, I'm sad, I'm nervous, I'm excited, I'm anxious, I'm hungry, I'm tired. It's just like, in one day, that first day after you have a baby, you have 5,350 million emotions running through your body. But the only thing you have to do is smile and say thank you when everyone comes in and say congratulations. And you're just thank you, thank you, thank you. Am I tired? Yeah, but thank you. Am I hungry? Yeah, thank you. Do I know what I'm doing? No, but thank you. (laughs) You That's all you do. Like the first month after having a baby, the most word that comes out of your mouth is thank you. One thing I honestly think that everybody should do, especially when you have someone, who, a friend, family member, whoever just had a baby, when you talk to them, ask them how they're doing because no one ever asks you how you're doing i can count the many times people even to this day how many times and my daughter's what four almost four months i can count the many times people ask you oh how are you doing you know how are your emotions handling everyone's like oh how's the baby i get it all day at work how's the baby she's fine she's growing she's eating She's thriving, but ask the mom how she's doing and see what she say. You know, a lot of times we're going to lie. Oh, I'm fine. Just tired. But one thing I told myself is someone really asks me how I'm doing. They really maybe want to know. So I'm going to tell them, you know, (laughs) I'm trying to make it, you know, it's hard. It's not the easiest thing in the world. But I'm making it because I feel like these days will pay off. Me dealing with postpartum, it gives me something to share. It gives me, I don't want to say reason, but it, it, postpartum made me think differently. Postpartum made me move differently. Postpartum got me to do things I wouldn't do before. Me having this podcast and starting this organization, honestly, to me, it's from postpartum. Postpartum pushed me to do this because it was an outlet. Because when you have postpartum, you have, like I said, 5,453 million thoughts going through your head. And it's so hard to talk to people about it because, for one... Another mom may not have gone through what you went through, so it's hard to explain how you really feel because they don't understand. Then you have some people who don't have kids, so you're expressing these emotions and these feelings and these thoughts, and they're just like, "Mm mm-hmm, for real? Oh, Oh, my God, really? Because they can't connect. You have your husband who wants to connect with you, wants to talk to you, wants to be there for you, but it's just like emotionally he can only do so much because he doesn't he hasn't and can't experience what you've been through and the body shock and the mind shock that you just went through and that you're dealing with i i can even remember being depressed after getting married because it's just like i have been so used to me being me It just being me. I do what I want when I want. I eat what I want. I don't feel like cooking tonight. I'm not going to cook. I don't really feel like eating. So I'm just going to make a smoothie. And I remember getting married and all that changed. It's like, oh, you got to eat. Oh, I can't just leave my clothes all over the floor because you don't like that. (laughs) It's like, oh, can't do that. Oh, okay. It's like, we have to remember, giving becoming a mom... You you shouldn't lose yourself. But what you have to remember is that you're adding on to your title. You're no longer Crystal. I'm no longer Crystal with the masters, with the bachelors, who has a job. I'm Crystal, but I'm also mommy. I'm also Mrs. Anderson. It's just like you add on titles. I'm also, you know, creator of one working mama bear, you have all these different things, and it's just like, you're losing your mind. You're losing your mind. But at the end of the day, like I said, it's about getting better. It's about trying to pinpoint where it started and nipping the thing in the bud. And once you realize that you, yes, I I am suffering from postpartum depression. This is real. Okay, what do I need to do to get better? Everyone's postpartum depression is different we're all different people we all deal with things differently we all intercept things differently we all are dealing with going to deal with it differently it's going to be different it may hit me hard but it may hit someone maybe have a mild case where every now and then she just has these ups and down moments You can have Sarah, who deals with it every single day, like every hour on the hour. She just is in a dark space. You can have Julissa, and Jalissa's like, I do feel sad every day, but hour out of the day, I feel fine. Everyone deals with it differently. That means in order for everyone to get better, They all have to do separate things. It's like, you know, trial and error. This didn't work. Let me try this. This didn't work. Let me try this. One thing that my sister-in-law introduced to me was essential oils and how essential oils can help you with postpartum depression. I am a believer in essential oils way before postpartum depression came along. I love essential oils. Postpartum just got me to doing more research and getting into all. So she was very adamant with me, with me about finding natural remedies. And I thank her for that because I did not want to take medicine. I did not want to get on pills. But I know in my mommy group, people were like, oh, my doctor prescribed this for me. My doctor prescribed those for me. And the thing is, if that what helps you, take it. <coughs> Excuse me. If it got to that point where I needed medication, I was gonna take it. I was not gonna be like, I don't want them, I don't want them, and here I am, about to hang off a building. No, you have to do what you have to do to get better. If it meant me being away for a while, I would've done it. If it was me having to have an hour or two quiet time, I would do it. It's all about getting better. Finding what makes you better. Anything can make you better. You can, you know, watch a TV show every day and you're like, hey, I can, I can connect with this. This is what's going to make me better. This time around, like I said, going to work made me better. Getting out of the house is like separating myself. When I get off work, I love Picking up my children. That's a joy I have. I feel so good about working an eight hour shift, coming home, and picking up my kids. Am I exhausted? Yes. Yes, I am. Am I tired? Yes. Do I want to go to sleep? <laughs> yes. But picking up my son, and when I open the door, and his first words are, Hi, Mommy, those words bring so much joy to me and I'm like I'm doing this for my kids I cannot let this disease take me I have to be here for my kids my children and my husband are my world and I will refuse to let anything anything separate us anything praying is an essential and having faith that God will heal you is a sin. Whoa. God is a healer, he's a provider, he is a waymaker. He, well, he he's he's seen you heal before. He even knew you well. He already knew you needed it, but before you even knew you needed it, he already healed you. You just have to have faith and believe that you were healed in the name of Jesus. And I'm just, I tell myself all the time, I am healed. I am healed in the name of Jesus. There's nothing wrong with me. I am fine. Because I want to believe that. That I I do believe that actually. That I am healed and I'm covered in the blood of Jesus. Because he will always be the answer. Always. But do remember that God made ways to help us heal. He knew you needed healing, so he put certain things in place to help you heal. Sometimes prayer is maybe all somebody needs. And that's perfectly fine. If you pray every single day and you feel that that's all you need, God's letting you know that's all you need. But sometimes when you pray, God's telling you, I appreciate these prayers. I'm, I'm, I'm working with you. But you see this thing over here? I made this because I knew you were going to need it. So listen. Listen to him because he will tell you, girl. He will tell you exactly, exactly, exactly <laughs> what you need there. And then one last thing is writing. Writing is so important because like I said before, Everyone is not able to understand you. They don't understand your struggles. No matter how many times you explain. Sometimes people just don't understand. But. Writing it out. Getting it out of you. Is what's important. Because when you write it out. And you're, you're, you're saying it in your head. And you write writing it on that piece of paper. It's leaving you. Those feelings that you felt. Leave you. That's like you remember when you know you dating a boy and he broke your heart. And it's just like I just need to talk to you. I just need to talk to you. I just need to get this off my chest. And it's like you can't say it to someone in their face. Write it out. Write out exactly, exactly how you're feeling, girl. Write it out. Write it to the mountains. Have your journal, notepad. It doesn't matter what it is. Write it. Out every day. Do it every single day. When you get that time whether the baby sleep, whether it's early in the morning, whether it's late at night lunch break coffee break 30 minute, 15 minute break write it out. Spend a little time to yourself because when you're sitting down and you're writing that's actually you time. You're uninterrupted, you time. Go ahead and write whatever your heart desires out on that piece of paper, one thing I can honestly say writing it out, creating this platform is such an outlet for me because it's like I no longer have to just keep it to myself, <clears throat> I can actually express it, I can actually tell someone else this is how I'm feeling, and I can have people to say, Girl, me too. Cause that was our music to us, our ears. Me too, girl. You too. And that's one thing I. That's the whole reason, really. I make this this platform, this organization, this group, this family is because. Me too. I want women to know, moms to know, working moms to know. Me too, girl. I'm struggling right low with you, girl. I work nine to five and I come home with my kids, and sometimes they get on my nerves, girl. Me too. Girl, I'm about to pull out my hat. Me too. This is a different me too movement though. But me too. You're not alone. None of us are alone. We are here for each other. It's a support system. And that's what we need. It's about supporting moms. And even if you're not a mom that works a nine to five. You're still a working mama bear. You, because Even if you're a stay at home mom. You're your own business mom. Your grandma. <laughs> it doesn't matter. You're still a working mama bear. And we are all here to support each other. Postpartum oppression is real. It is real. Like I said, it's taking some of us out. We're, we're sitting and laying in dormant in us. We want to sit and have, be in denial. Being in denial is not going to heal you. You're masking it. Admit to it. And get help and heal. I mean, to be honest, it's easier said than done. But be, take the first step. Admit to it. Do I want more kids? That's the question that I get a lot. Because I have two. I have the quote-unquote perfect pair. I have a boy and I have a girl. <laughs> to be honest, I would love another child. I know my husband will like three kids, and that's his wife. I would love to give him that third child. But what keeps me from having another child is being afraid that postpartum depression is going to come back. That's my biggest fear. Postpartum depression is not fun. It's not. It's no walking apart. It's not something that you want to give to somebody else. And it's not something that you want to go through a third time. It's not. And it's not like you can prevent it because it comes out of nowhere. You don't know when it's happening. So it's like, do I honestly want to take that chance of having another child and going through this again? I don't know. That's another thing that I give to God. And whatever he decides, that's, what I, that's what's going to happen. I leave that up to God. It's in his hands. The Lord, you see fit for me to have another child. I give him the honor and I give him the praise for that. But as of right now today on this day I'm enjoying the two little blessings that he's already given me seek help spread the word when people ask you about how his motherhood is going be honest tell them for your friends who don't have kids tell them let them know hey postpartum is real look out for these things girl Look out for them. Help prepare our future moms. Help prepare our future moms. Thank you, ladies, so much for listening to our first podcast, com. Check us out. Make sure you subscribe. Go ahead and follow our Facebook and Instagram page. Tag a friend. Tell a friend. Share with a friend. Be excited. We have so much more coming. Hey, Mama Bears. Guess what? I have a surprise announcement to make. February 14, 2020, One Working Mama Bear will be debuting their first, our first journal, our self-care One Working Mama Bear Journal. This journal is a 30-day journal that you are writing. This journal every single day about your feelings and what you're going through and your goals, your emotional goals. We are so excited to be launching this and coming out with this book soon. It's been a working progress. It's still in the works, but on February 14th, 2020, you will be able to purchase your copy. This is our first edition of our self-care mother mommy bear self-care. Be excited, be ready, and be prepared.